five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. Welcome back to the Come On Network podcast. Another week of NFL action down, at least for the most part, as we record this late Monday night after the doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Two more on Tuesday to finish up week 15. But they don't matter to the AFC, and they don't matter to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Steelers' reaction. This week we react to a 19-13 to win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It comes over the Tennessee Titans at home at Heinz Field and and what was uh, maybe not an overly impressive game for the Steelers or a win uh, but a win is a win nonetheless and especially when the Steelers and we know the situation need to get three of four to have a chance at the division title or if shit hits the fan elsewhere in the NFL to have a shot at the wild card you've still got to win three of four get to nine wins and this was a good start to do that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good defensive effort. We'll talk all about it here. Kyle Dawson, Joe Smeltzer with you on the Come On Network podcast. This is episode 97 of the pod. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and more. You can follow us on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram, at Come On Network. And we're on the web, our blog, and our merchandise is at comeon.network. Uh, Joe, just the two of us this evening, so we will uh, keep it relatively short for everybody. But I think a, a lot to break down from this game, and we'll just start by uh, having a little conversation about it. Yeah, so obviously on this podcast, uh, for those who have listened before, we are very critical um, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and with good reason. I'm going to say something I usually don't say, and that's that I actually think people are being overly hard on the Steelers after this win. I've read the takes saying, oh, the Titans beat themselves, the Steelers' offense didn't capitalize enough, it was an ugly win. And all of that's true, but at this point in the season, do style points actually matter? I do not think they do. All that matters to me is that the Steelers get to the playoffs. I don't care. What happens aside from that? I don't care how they make the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs and make something out of what's been a bizarre 2021 season. If that game had happened in week four of the season, maybe I'd be concerned about how the Steelers won and how they didn't look so good doing it. But at this point, week 15, we know what the Steelers are. We know what their strengths and weaknesses are. We know um, that uh, you kind of take them or leave them at this point. And at no point in this season did any of us see them as a Super Bowl contender. And definitely nothing through the first 14 games has made us believe that they are a Super Bowl contender. So with that out of the picture, we just hope that they can qualify for the postseason. And the Steelers took one uh, small step to doing that uh, by beating a pretty good Tennessee Titans team at home. And the results are really all that matters um, at this point in late December. 
I think we saw the injuries and listen, they've been catching up to Tennessee, especially so Ryan Tannehill over the course of the last couple of weeks. He is uh, he doesn't look like himself. Uh, and maybe that's not only Derrick Henry. Maybe that's a little bit of uh, of slowing down for Ryan Tannehill this year. Uh, I, I think that is obviously something that was apparent. Uh, had the one interception, didn't really look poised like he normally does in the pocket for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, even when Derrick Henry isn't in there, I thought Deontay Foreman played a pretty good game, 22 for 108, uh, still finding a way to dice up this Steelers run defense, which wasn't as good as I'd like it to be. That said, it's a 200-yard rushing game, so that that trend continues for the Steelers' defense. But other than that, things were pretty solid on that side of the football. Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds both had fantastic games for the Steelers. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick led the way in the tackle department with 14. Terrell Edmonds had 10. He was flying all around, and I know there's a lot of hate for Terrell Edmonds in this city, and uh, listen, he's not the greatest safety on the planet, but I thought he played a pretty damn good game on Sunday. A couple of TFLs, uh, and and he was an impactful player. This defense starting to force some takeaways. Uh, T.J. Watt does what T.J. Watt does with a sack and a half breaks. James Harrison's single-season record for the Steelers, Cam Hayward, a half a sack before the injury, uh, warmly had a sack and, and 48. How about that? He makes a play. I was going to wait to mention that, uh, but I guess he deserves a name mention here. Derek Tuxa uh, making that strip sack. It ends up going down for a sack, and even though it's a recovery by Tennessee, a huge play uh, for the Steelers defense and, and him in that spelling moment for T.J. Watt, who had left the game with a little bit of a stinger injury. Uh, thankfully was able to come back for the Steelers and and make an impact even late in the game. And I thought Joe Hayden coming back was huge for this defense. I know Joe Hayden isn't what Joe Hayden used to be, but I know Joe and I both thought that's Joe Hayden's biggest play as a Steeler, uh, that tackle at the end of the game. So I don't know, Joe, the defense a little bit better this week, I think in terms of the secondary and forcing some turnovers, the run defense still leaves some to be desired for. And we'll talk about the offense, but I thought the defense at least – uh, and again, maybe this is because there's no Derrick Henry for Tennessee, uh, but the, you know things were still good on that side of the ball. I think for the most part. Yeah, and I think the four turnovers are a little misleading because some of those were self-inflicted by the Titans. But I think the biggest thing for the defense is that people not wearing numbers 90 or 97 stepped up for the Steelers. Megan Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, both very good. Joe Hayden was awesome and made the play of the game, maybe the player of the year. Um, Wormley made a few plays. Tucker Charlton had that tip ball. Joe Sherber played one of his best games of, as a Steeler. So I think um, overall the defense uh, was a lot better than it's been. And guys that aren't TJ Water, Cam Hayward stepped up. And depth is something that's definitely needed on this defense. It's something uh, that's been lacking. And it was there Sunday. And hopefully it will be there against the Kansas City Chiefs because it has to be. Well, let's switch over to the offense real quick. I know we're just kind of talking generally about this football game. The offense, I think, leaves a little bit. I don't want to be too critical of them because I think your point at the beginning of the show here is correct and that they're probably getting a little bit too much flack for the performance against the Titans. Uh, because, like you said, in the end, this is a win. And that's what mattered for the Steelers is finding a way to have more points than the Titans. But I think that the frustrating thing for me, at least offensively, was not getting touchdowns. And I think Mike Tomlin kind of steered that question away in his post-game press conference, which I wasn't really uh, happy with him doing that. 
the bottom line for me is the offense needed to be better in those sudden change situations. I'm not asking, uh, and, and we need we need to talk about uh, not having a, a fast start again and, and waiting till the third quarter to put it together at all offensively. That continues to be a problem. But those sudden change opportunities, not doing anything with those, uh, was very frustrating. And thank God you have Chris Boswell because he's probably the second best kicker, you know, top five kicker in the NFL right now. And if it's not for him, I don't know that Steelers come away with this win because of, of what the offense was not able to do in those turnover situations. Yeah, and if the Steelers did lose this game, which they were one or two plays away from, excuse me, from losing it on that last drive, I think the biggest uh, takeaway would have been the offense's inability to put the ball in the end zone. You have two turnovers late in the fourth quarter, and both times the offense stalls, and Boswell has to uh, bail out the offense, the classic uh, Boswell bailout, um, if you will. Um but yeah, and I'm not worried too much about it because, like I said, the Steelers are what they are at this point. Their shortcomings are obvious. What they do well is obvious. Um, So you kind of uh, take everything as it is. If this were a game that happened in September or October, um, maybe I'd be a little more worried about it. Um, But like you said, over these last uh, few games, um, I think um, the offense not doing its job, especially when given a short field, which it was a few times, not doing its job and not scoring touchdowns. That is something that could come back to bite the Steelers. Um, so that's uh, been – the offense in general has been a problem all year, and unfortunately uh, that's still an issue. But luckily it didn't matter as much as it could have um, if one or two plays had swung Tennessee's way. I think we expected the running game to be a little bit worse for the Steelers this week. I don't know that anybody expected 12 for 18 – from Najee Harris and 17 for 35 as a team overall. And again, Harris is the only running back that touches the football in the game against Tennessee. And listen, I'm not saying that Anthony McFarland, he wasn't even active. I'm not saying that a guy like that or a guy like Benny Snell needs to have five or six carries a game, but I don't think it hurts to try to get one of those guys in there. And if, if you have the ability to get the run game going a little bit, to get it going a little bit, I also think the Tennessee rush defense is, is pretty good. And we talked about that in our preview episode uh, in advance of this one. So it, it was a shutout in the second half, which I think is a good sign for the Steelers defense. Again, a big play by Joe Hayden on fourth down, by the way. Uh, if you're a Titans fan listening and you're still irked off about that spot, the spot was off by a yard, uh, at least a half a yard, if not a full yard uh, before they even measured it. So I think watching from home, that was pretty obvious. I don't know what it was like in the stadium, but uh, watching on the TV, I thought it was incredibly obvious that that spot was a terrible spot and officiating continues to be a brutal spot in the NFL week in and week out. Uh, Joe, let's shift over. Let's talk our biggest takeaway from this game, and, and we will break down uh, what this means for the playoff situation for the Steelers in a couple minutes, but we'll talk our biggest takeaways now here on Steelers Reaction. I think my biggest takeaway is I was a little off um, in my assessment of Joe Hayden, Dane. Back to this time last year, I thought that um, he was getting up there in age as a corner. Uh, when you're in your 30s as a defensive back, that's usually trouble in the NFL, and any day could be the last day out of that shelf life expires. But um, I still – I don't know about Hayden's prospects beyond 2021 as a guy that's 32 years old. That's not young for any position, and especially a defensive back. So I don't know how much uh, he really has left. Um, but – it's so obvious uh, how different this defense is with Joe Hayden there as opposed to somebody like James Pierre getting those snaps. He made 
Uh, that fourth down stop wasn't the only play Joe Hayden made. He made several plays and made a difference um, in that game. He is the best quarter on the Pittsburgh Steelers um, until he isn't. And like I said, um, I don't know how good he's going to be in 2022 or going forward, um, but he's definitely uh, made this a better football team when he's on the field as opposed to when he's not on the field in 2021. And I was ready to be done with him after 2020. And I can say um, after 14 games um, that I was wrong in that assessment. Well, I think uh, I've got two takeaways, and I'm going to jump on that train about this is like a where Colin was wrong moment here on on the Come On Network podcast. I think I was wrong. I think we were all wrong about Minka Fitzpatrick earlier in the year. There there aren't that many splash plays, but I think a lot of the reason for that, and listen, I'm, I don't know the X's and O's as well as the next guy. Um, I think I know them a little bit better than the average fan, but uh, I certainly don't know what it takes to, to play the safety position in the NFL. But I, I have to think that, a lot of the uh, shortcomings for Minka Fitzpatrick earlier in the season were because he's had to make so many tackles and support in the run game uh, that he hasn't really been able to make those splash plays or freestyle or be that center fielder like he normally would be in this Steelers defense and like he has been in the past. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick can tackle. Minka Fitzpatrick can play uh, really uh, effective football from the safety position. And whether he's lined up as a deep safety or, or creeping up toward the box and toward the line of scrimmage, I think he's had a, a really, I don't know if it's underappreciated is the right word, but a year that I think has been pretty good despite uh, what some of the people have cried about him, including what I have, have said about him over the, over the weeks here as we've gone throughout 2021, I think, uh, his 14 tackle day was an incredible day from that position. And you should never have a safety leading your team in tackles. Uh, and he leads the team overall. And the two safeties led the team by far in this game. I mean, 14 tackles from Fitzpatrick, 10 from Edmonds. And then your middle linebacker, who's supposed to be, in theory, your leading tackle, tackler has seven tackles in this game, and Joe Schobert and Cam Hayward has six. So, again, I think there's a little bit of a disparity between where the tackles are coming from for the Steelers. Uh, they need some middle linebacking depth, and they need some good middle linebackers come the draft and come free agency if they're able to find some. Uh, but my other takeaway, and we've talked about this over the course of the last, what, 24 hours or so, and especially so tonight, uh, seeing the shortfall of Tevin Jenkins, uh, who was a, a prospect that all of us had eyes on going into the draft this year. Uh, this offensive line is still very young and still very much so not good uh, for the Steelers. And, and Kendrick Green is becoming to start more or becoming to be more of a liability than I think he is a, a good NFL center. And I don't I, I don't want to put too much on the guy because, listen, we're, we're what, 14 games in? Uh, to his NFL career, and he's playing a position that he's never played before. He was a guard in Illinois at college, uh, at the college level. So you're asking him to make a pretty big adjustment. But when he's getting bowled over and dominated by guys and seems to be lost, I'm starting to wonder if the Steelers need to take a center in the first round or in the second round, if they can find a really good one in round two. And if that means that the dreams of Steeler Nation for Kenny Pickett are out the window. I think that is a serious discussion that Steeler fans, media, us, uh, will all start having over the course of the next month or so. 
no matter how this shakes out for the Steelers, because this offensive line has still not been good enough. I know Kevin Dotson's hurt. They've got some injuries elsewhere, but uh, not going to be too much longer for Trey Turner. I don't think John LeGlue isn't the answer long term at left guard. And uh, who knows if Dan Moore is even the answer right now. This was a patchwork offensive line. They're trying to develop it, uh, but things have not really gone that well on that side of the football and, and in that personnel group for the Steelers this year. Uh, before we get into a little discussion, it's just me and Joe, Kyle and Joe here on Steelers reaction. Uh, before we get into a little bit of a discussion on what this means for the playoff picture, and we won't preview the Kansas City game. We will do that later in the week, but uh, we'll tell you what this means in terms of the Steelers' chances for a division title, in terms of the chances to make the playoffs in a moment. But uh, first, we'll have to name a player of the game. Uh, for me, it's Joe Hayden. Uh, made several plays, made the biggest play of the game, his biggest play of the Steelers, uh, as the Steelers, excuse me, to this point, and will be even bigger if it can help them get to the postseason. Uh, so 23 is my guy. Well, I don't think you can use anybody from the offense. And I thought Deontay had an okay game. I would have loved to see more. Chase Claypool doesn't end up having uh, reception, I think, which is really frustrating because I wanted to see him bounce back this week. And I thought he was a good bounce back candidate after everything that happened in the Minnesota game. But I don't think anyone offensively is worth discussing. Uh, Presley Harvin, despite the situation with his dad that came out after the game, obviously that's a, a big personal thing that he's dealing with, but he was absolutely atrocious too. And I think that experiment needs to end uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, not that he can't be a good guy. It's just he, the, the numbers aren't there. The performance isn't there. And Jordan Berry's tearing it up in Minnesota, which is a little bit uh, frustrating to see that just basically because they spent a draft pick on, on Presley Harvin, that he's the guy instead of Jordan Berry, who I don't think was as bad last year as, as he's been in the past uh, in spots for the Steelers. But uh, that's kind of beside the point here. I think, I think my guys Minka Fitzpatrick and, Again, for all the reasons I talked about a little bit earlier, I think he was the anchor of that defense and run support. Uh, he did have a fumble recovery in this game as well, and he just flies all over the field on Sunday. I mean, there are a lot of guys on that defensive side of the football that stepped up and guys that, like Joe mentioned earlier, other than number 90 and 97 that stepped up. Uh, 39 was one of them, and Minka Fitzpatrick Edmonds, I mentioned, had 10 tackles, including two tackles for loss. Joe Schobert had the interception that was more of a right place, right time thing. Uh, but he also got a hit on the quarterback, didn't get a sack, but seven tackles. Hayward had six tackles and a, a half a sack, uh, had a QB hurry. Uh, Art Mollette, five tackles. TJ Watt, sack and a half, three QB hits. A TFL on top of it, a fumble recovery. I think he starts to maybe not pull away in the defensive player of the year conversation. But our guy, Mean Miles, didn't have anything in the Cleveland loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. He just had three tackles, no sacks. So another good day for Watt uh, setting the Steelers single season sack record. And now he chased, I think he's five behind Michael Strahan's NFL single season record with three games to go. Uh, Chris Warmly, I thought had a good game before he left the game. And I know that the grades have been bad on Devin Bush in terms of PFF, uh, but I'll be honest, I didn't see it, it be as glaringly bad as it has been for Devin Bush. Uh, and I think a lot can be said as he's starting to take some baby steps in the right direction. I'll tell you who did play well, though, on that big play late. Uh, I don't like to admit it, but 48 uh, had a good game. Derek Tuxo was impressive for the Steelers in some spots, and they need him to be. I mean, to be clear, I joke about the guy all the time, but and I, I talk about the depth issues this defense has all the time. Uh, guys like him and guys like Isaiah Loudermilk, 
Chris Warmly, Taco Charlton, uh, Hank Mondu. Those kind of guys need to be good for the Steelers if they're going to make a push for this. So with that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, Joe. The, the Steelers, I think at this point, the chances to get into the playoffs, I think, run through the North Division. Uh, there is going to be a way it's going to take a lot, but there would be a way for the Steelers to win two of the next three games and get in as the wild card. But I believe uh, from what I've seen, that would require beating Kansas City, and that's not going to be an easy task. The Steelers are a 10.5-point dog to open the week. Uh, Travis Kelsey is on the COVID list, so is Harrison Butker in one of their corners. Uh, those guys could be back, though, Excuse me. by the time Sunday rolls around. Uh, but the, the path seems to be the North Division, and that's going to require that we be Ravens fans next week uh, against the Bengals. That's a huge game for this division. Cincinnati still has Cleveland on the schedule as well. Baltimore still has the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Cleveland still has Green Bay coming up on Christmas, Christmas Day. There's no gimmies for anybody in the AFC North right now. Uh, but if the Steelers can win their final two games, Cleveland at home and then at Baltimore, I think things look pretty good for Steelers to win the AFC North. If that happens, uh, great. Uh, and maybe we'll have to eat some of our words from the past where we've said this isn't a playoff team. And maybe they're a little bit dangerous when they get to the postseason. But uh, winning two of three now at this point is an absolute must. I agree. And I think relative to the rest of the division, uh, the Steelers are in pretty good shape as far as the strength of schedule goes in the last three games. Um, I'm not expecting a win at Kansas City, I, kind of a spoiler for our Chiefs preview episode, but not expecting a win there. I don't think most people are. But then outside of that, I uh, should beat the Browns at home in theory. And then uh, last game at Baltimore, that's a crapshoot, um, especially if uh, Lamar Jackson cannot play, which we'll have to see the status of him. But then the rest of the division, you have the Browns have to go to Pittsburgh and they're coming off a uh, demoralizing loss at home. To Las Vegas, albeit with a lot of players missing, uh, top two quarterbacks being um, among them. And then you have Cincinnati, which really isn't a battle-tested team, and they're going to have to play uh, Baltimore, which will be tough. Um, so uh, relative to the rest of the division, um, I think the Steelers look okay as far as strength of schedule goes. I mean, if they can somehow get a win at Arrowhead, uh, that would just be fantastic. Uh, but I'm not uh, really holding my breath on that. But yeah, it's anybody's ball game right now. As you said, um, I think the best way to sum up the AFC North, uh, forget who I saw tweeted. I think it was Gil Brandt, um, former Hall of Fame uh, scout for the Cowboys. But he tweeted that with one field goal by Vegas, the Browns went from first place in the AFC North to last place in the AFC North. And uh, that's really just shows them how crazy uh, this division has been. And I'm expecting kind of the madness to continue uh, through the final three weeks. The Steelers have as good a chance as anybody. I know I've been skeptical about this team's ability to run through open doors and how maybe it's this team is not set up to be able to take advantage of opportunities. But nonetheless, it's going to be exciting. And I'm definitely happy that the last three weeks um, are going to have meeting um, at least, regardless of how everything ends up playing out. Yeah, and it, it, it's going to have meeting meaning at home against Cleveland in the Monday night game between those two teams at Heinz Field, which likely could be Ben's final home game, uh, unless the Steelers are to win the division, then obviously they'll have a home game uh, come postseason time. 
as a division champion. Uh, but I, it's also going to have meaning just because that, that game's still going to matter. It doesn't matter what happens in Kansas City and with Cleveland at uh, I don't I think they're at Lambeau Field against Green Bay coming up on Christmas Christmas Day. So a tough task for them going in to face the only team in the NFL that has clinched through this recording as the NFC North champion Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think if there is a team that I would pick as a favorite right now, I don't know where the betting lines is, but I, I think the Steelers have the best chance in my mind to win the AFC North. And I don't think I would have been singing that tune a couple of weeks ago for Pittsburgh. And so that, that I think is a good turnaround. You get the win against Tennessee. Now you have an opportunity if you win the final two division games of the season uh, against Cleveland and against Baltimore to give Ben one more shot in the postseason. Uh, if this is indeed it for number seven at the helm of the Steelers offense. Um, I don't know that I would, I would pick them to win right now. I don't know where are you at Joe if you had to pick one of these four teams right now to, I again, I think it's just so crazy. We've seen this AFC North go around. I don't know that I could pick a winner right now and be incredibly confident with three games left to go for everybody. Maybe Baltimore, um, because I think Tyler Huntley is actually a very good backup, uh, played well against Cleveland. And then obviously they were a two pointer away from beating Green Bay. Maybe them just based on reputation, but oh man, the only team I'm ruling out right now is Cleveland. I really don't see a way the Browns can win the AFC North. Um, but Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, I can see any one of those three. I know we've expressed our skepticism about the Steelers and if they can take advantage of open doors when uh they're presented with that opportunity, but any of those three teams, I could see them. I could see reasons how they can win the division, how they can't win the division. I'll put it that way. But it's it's tough. I'm I'm pretty down on the Browns right now. But everybody else, it's like picture poison. I wouldn't really argue with any of the free options um, if you made a case for the Bengals, Steelers, or uh, Ravens. Yeah, I would I would agree there. I think it comes down to those three. I think this loss. And again, we're recording this now. It's early Tuesday morning, past midnight, but but late Monday night. Uh, having watched Cleveland blow a chance with all of those backups, with I think it's 19 or 21 guys on the COVID list right now, blow a chance to win a football game. They got driven on by Derek Carr at the end of the contest, and Carlson's field goal ends up putting the Cleveland Browns in last place and sends Sir Yacht on Twitter to a crying video of himself. Yeah, what uh, was that? I don't know. That he posted was, uh... what see, here's what I get. Listen, it's okay to cry. Men can cry. I'm I'm completely fine with it. What I'm not okay with and what I don't get is crying, recording yourself crying and then posting it on Twitter for likes. Uh, that didn't really make sense to me. And it got a bunch of the Steelers fans up in flames. So I'm all for it uh, on Twitter here as we wrap this one up. This has been episode 97. Come on, Network Steelers reaction uh, for Joe Smeltzer, Kyle Dawson saying thanks for listening. Uh, be a reminder to you that you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, or any other podcast platform pretty much you can find us on. We're on the web at comeon.network, our blog there. Our merch is there as well. And we are on social media as well. You can give us a follow at Come On Network on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next time. It'll be episode 98 coming up later this week. Steelers preview for the game at Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs coming your way in just a couple of days. For now, we say so long. Stay safe. Here we go, Steelers, and come on.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.